0: Oilers
1: Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.
0: We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office equipment solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that.
1: D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers
0: Radio, 630 Chad.
1: Twelve thirty-three in edmonton it's brendan escott alongside cam moon this afternoon some guests of the show received gift certificates to Ruth's chris steakhouse whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night on the town every meal is an occasion at Ruth's chris steakhouse well we uh, had two big contract signings yesterday identical in fact one of them to an up-and-coming star one of them to a well-established star so first We'll head down to the uh, southeast coast of the United States in Raleigh, North Carolina. We'll check in with Chip Alexander from the Raleigh News and Observer. Chip, you're on with Brendan and Cam on Oilers Now. How's it going today? Hey, doing good. How about you guys? Excellent, thank you. Appreciate you jumping on with us. And let's let's drop the puck with that Svechnikov deal. Chip eight years, seven point seven five million dollars for the twenty-one year old. It is the richest contract in team history, and and thus far, uh, to this point in his career, has the former second overall pick kind of earned that type of a at least a projection for what his value will be.
0: Yeah, I think both sides were looking at it obviously from the long term, and I, and it seems like it really benefited both sides. I think, you know, in the end of this deal, I think the uh, the Hurricanes are, are going to feel like they got good value out of it. I think that uh, Andre certainly is happy with uh, the seven point seven five million a year, and I think that he'll be pleased with that. Even, you know, if he had taken a bridge deal for maybe three years, he might have been able to get more than that per year, but. Looking at the total value of the contract and and certainly, you know, he made it very clear yesterday that that he wanted to stay with the Hurricanes. He wanted to be here long term, wanted to be a part of the whole building process here. And uh, I think both sides at the end of this eight year contract are going to be pretty happy with what, you know, what they did in, in 2021.
2: Chip, I know in yesterday's Zoom, uh, the general manager, Don Waddell, said that the guys love him on the team. How popular is he within the, the walls of that dressing room?
0: <laughs> Extremely popular. I mean, and he has be, been since the time he you know he first came here. You know, he was one of these guys that uh, even the, the, the Hurricanes had made it clear they were going to draft him with the number two pick, and Buffalo's pick had already been basically made. They brought him in early even before the draft, to kind of meet some members of the media and and kind of be around some of the team personnel. I think from the first day he walked in, met uh, Rod Moore, met some of the people, the the management people, everybody kind of fell in love with this kid. And I think the the fans obviously did. Uh, The style of play that he has is so dynamic. Uh, You know, everybody I know has has heard about the lacrosse goals, but uh, it's just the way he plays on the ice, the intensity it brings, Uh, the excitement he brings and he's become a fan favorite right from the beginning and and certainly among his teammates uh you may have seen on twitter or some of social media with uh, jordan martin kind of you know getting him riled up a little bit before the game and pumped up and uh you see all the other players laughing and talking to him and and he's just that kind. he has that kind of personality he's got a a certain amount of charisma to him and, and i think he just really radiates that Chip, we know again about the goal scoring of this player, broke into the league with back-to-back
1: 20-goal seasons, pro-rate the 55 games last year. It would have been another one. So we know what he can do on the score sheet. Are there other nuances to his game that we don't necessarily
0: pick up on if we don't get to watch him every night like you would? Well, I think he's a better passer. You know, everybody gets caught up in in some of the goals he scores, but but he is a very adept passer. Uh, He has good vision on the ice, uh, and I think uh, one thing that he has had to learn since he's been in the league, and of course Rod Brendamore has drilled us into him, is is to be a better defensive player and to be more aware in the defensive zone. And still the one area that they're working on now is trying to reduce the amount of penalties that he takes. And uh, Rod Brendamore has said you know, some of that stems from being a very aggressive on the ice and he doesn't want to take away – Uh, that aggressiveness because that's a big part of who he is. But at the same time, he's got to learn how to be more disciplined with a stick and not take as many stick penalties and retaliatory-type penalties. And that comes from being you know, a young guy. He's only 21. And as he matures, that area of his game will change and he'll be uh, a more complete player.
2: Is it fair to say you've seen him improve year over year over his first three seasons in the NHL?
0: I've seen him improve because of you know those areas that uh, that I just mentioned. But at the same time, and I and I think Andre was and I asked him about this when the season ended. I, I don't think he had a great season last year. Uh, I don't. I didn't think he took a big step forward last year. It's certainly that he made in the first couple. Uh, and part of that I think, and, and of course, if you ask Andre, he'll say no, no, no. But I think Rod Brendanmore and some of the others kind of agree that the, the weight of playing for the big contract kind of set on him and set on his shoulders a little bit. He got off to a really good start and leveled off and then dipped a little bit as the season went along. And, And as you know, I mean, with that condensed schedule, it was a lot of games in a short amount of time. But at the same time, I think he came away from the season feeling like it wasn't his best. And that was just more motivation for this off time, this off season, you know, to get ready for next year. Now with the big contract, you know, you wonder, Okay, they 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 made this long-term commitment to it. He's got to go out and earn this contract now, but I think having that behind him now and just uh, looking forward to the hockey, I expect a pretty good, a really actually a really good season from him in the uh, in this next season.
1: And what a hell of a pairing between him and uh, Sebastian Ajo and Tuvo Taravainen on that line as well. Those, that's an awfully nice setup for the future the way that they have it now. I I want to ask. Huge Chip, as we chat with Chip Alexander from the Raleigh News and Observer. Um, Alex Nedelkovic is a, a Calder Trophy finalist last year <laughs> who will be suiting up for a different team when the puck drops this fall. What can you tell us about that? Because it certainly surprised the show crew here.
0: Well, I think, it, you know, and certainly you talk about popular players. Alex Nedelkovic was another one who really, uh, you know, his teammates loved him as well, too. Just a very easy-going uh, kind of guy to be around, and certainly he, he had a certain amount of charisma to him too. I think it came down to the money. I think the fact that uh, he, I think he was willing to go to arbitration uh, and go through that process. And I think that the Hurricanes felt like that he might get awarded more money than they felt he was worth. Uh, at the same time, uh, Don Waddell has said that they really felt like they wanted to go into next season with uh, more you know, more veteran guys in net and, and certainly picking up Freddie Anderson, you know, and Antiranta will bring in that kind of veteran uh, Ned miners there. But at the same time, I, I just feel like when Doudalcovich, it was a matter of dollars. and cents, They probably felt like, you know, the, the 20 or 25 games that he played last year while he was, you know, spectacular in a lot of those games just was too small a sample set to be paying him the kind of money that he might have been awarded in arbitration.
2: The trade with Ethan Bear coming to the Hurricanes, Warren Fogle coming here to the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Chip, give us your your thoughts on, on Warren Fogle. Tell me uh, what type of player we're getting
0: here. Warren Fogle is a full speed ahead player. You know, I, I saw him play his, his first NHL game. He was the first star of the game. I think he had a goal and an assist, or maybe a goal and two assists in that game. Uh, One thing that uh, Warren needs to do is, and I know he he understands this, is just be a better finisher around the net. I mean, here's a guy who creates a lot of offensive chances with a very strong forechecking play that he has. And and once he learns to be able to put the puck in the net a little more often, I think he'll be a 20-plus goal scorer. But uh, at the same time, you know, I think he gets a little ahead of himself sometimes and I think that comes with uh, more experience that you slow the game down you know when you had a guy like a Justin Williams here who showed these guys how you don't have to go you know 110 miles an hour all over the ice and try to make it happen sometimes slow it down you know get your opening and score the and score but I think with Warren Fogle you're going to get a full effort kind of player I think he'll be another fan favorite there as well uh, and, uh, and I know there are a number of uh, Hurricanes fans who Hated to see Warren uh, leave. Uh, At the same time, uh, Ethan Bear, I think, uh, will help solidify the defensive core, especially after losing Dougie Hamilton. So, a pretty even trade, I think. And I I think both teams will be happy, you know, at the end of next season with uh, the results of that trade.
1: Pretty significantly different looking back end for Carolina heading into this year. Obviously, you mentioned Hamilton out and, and Bear in so too is tony d'angelo so too is ian cole frankly um were you surprised mm-hmm. that they took the the chance on tony d'angelo just given that sort of colored past
0: oh yeah i was very surprised i think a number of people were i mean that's a player that you very easily could have taken a pass on and not created the uh, the stir <laughs> that it certainly created here when he when he was signed uh for one million dollars i think the team felt like okay we'll take a shot kind of a zero tolerance kind of situation. If there are any problems at all, you release him. But uh, at the same time, if, if he comes in, if he has changed his ways, if he is more mature, uh, he keeps his cool. He just plays and shows the ability that he had. It can be a certain, you know, he can be a real plus for the team. But at the same time, you know, I think it did take a lot of people by surprise, uh, you know, and, and the opposite of that would be an Ian Cole bringing in a guy With veteran experience and all this kind of thing what he can offer to the team Uh, certainly with Tony being a younger guy maybe they felt like you know they were willing to take that gamble but at the same time you have to recognize it for what it is and it is a gamble
2: still lots of cap space uh, for the Hurricanes a little over 4 million in cap space Uh, Chip what do you expect between now and the the start of the season do you think uh, there'll be a move or two made
0: I think they're looking. I think they'd like to add a, a top nine winger, obviously. Um, and, and a lot of that may have to do with uh, Jake Gardner's situation. He's battled back injuries. Uh, you know, if he goes on a uh, long-term injured reserve, that would free up another $4 million with the little more than four that they have now and, and give them more flexibility. But uh, it'd have to be the right fit. Uh, I think Rod Brendamore, and I talked with him yesterday, I think he, he's fine with the team as is. But if you heard uh, Don Waddell yesterday, it seems like they are looking and, and would make a move if, uh, if they could find the right guy at the right price. And, and of course, all general manager, managers say the same thing. So, But uh, I think they are looking. Uh, who they might be looking at, I'm not sure. But uh, I think they would like to have one extra winger. Uh, in the top nine going into next
1: season. Chip Alexander covers the Carolina Hurricanes for Raleigh News and uh, the the Raleigh News and Observer, excuse me. Uh, a couple big breakthrough players last year for Carolina. Martin Nekes, who was a, a first-round pick of them not too long ago, and then Vincent Trocek, who I was really surprised to see Florida let go of in the first place, but there's two players there that I think really supplement a quality top six in Carolina. Now, looking at the rest of the roster, w- You know, is this a contending team anytime soon for you, Chip? Where are they at in terms of pushing to be a a genuine playoff threat versus trying to incorporate, I guess, some of the younger guys that I see in their system, like a Suzuki or a a Seth Jarvis, for example?
0: Yeah, I think, you know, to be honest with you, I think there are just a lot of question marks going into this season. Uh, When you look at the goaltending, you're looking at two veterans, how well will they play uh, in, in tandem together? It seems like every year it's the same thing. Uh, you know, you look, you think the Hurricanes are in pretty good shape, but it, it all comes down to how well the goaltending, you know, holds up. I think that'll be the same this year. Uh, I thought I thought that they took a little bit of a hit when uh, Brock McGinn, you know, left to uh, go to Pittsburgh. I thought uh, there was the kind of a glue guy who really, you know, not a spectacular player, but the kind of guy who really. Uh, could make his mark in games, penalty killing and doing the little things that all of his teammates appreciate. Um, But looking at the team as is now without Dougie Hamilton and and the offensive uh, production that he had, I mean, there are question marks in the lineup, and that includes, you mentioned Vincent Trocek, but uh, got off to a great start last year, a couple of little nagging injuries. His production waned down the stretch a little bit. He wound up with a pretty good He had 43 points in 47 games. So that was, uh, you know, excellent overall production from him. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see how these guys all blend together. I mean, you're, you're talking about that top line of Ajo, Teravainen, and Svechnikov. Yeah, it's it's pretty good there, obviously. But then Jordan Stahl had a tremendous kind of bounce back year last year with 16 goals, 22 assists. I mean, what kind of production can he continue to have That is, You know, he's over 1,000 games now, a lot of miles in the NHL. And he kind of had a rejuvenating kind of season last year. Can he have another? And and Nino, you know, Rider had 20 goals last year. Will he be a 20-plus guy? So, like a lot of teams, a lot of question marks, I think Rod Brendamore has obviously proven himself as a a pretty good coach, having just won the Jack Adams. So, uh, uh, I feel like this team is on the verge of being a contender this year, uh, past season, being in the Central Division. They knew they'd have to go through Tampa Bay in the playoffs probably to get where they wanted to go. And Tampa Bay was just too good for them and too good for everybody again. So, uh, you know, being in the Metro again, it's going to be interesting to see how things stack up there and uh, the old playoff structure. So uh, I think Brendan Moore has proven himself as the kind of guy who can guide a team through a regular season, get them in the right playoff position. And then, as Tom Dundon has mentioned a time or two, it's a matter of making the right plays at the right time in the times in these playoff games to, to win these series and get themselves into, say, the conference finals or the Stanley Cup finals.
2: Yeah, lots of change. You look at the, on the back end, certainly the goaltending. So I I would think plenty of question marks going into this season. But you talked about Rod Brindemore, the head coach. It seems, from the outside looking in, Chip, that he's incredibly popular with the players. Is that fair to say?
0: Very fair to say. I think you hear that from any player, whether they are currently on the roster, which you expect to hear of those who left. I think you'll hear that from Warren Fogle. Uh, he's the kind of guy. He's been in every situation you can imagine. You know, he, he's been the uh, the captain of a Stanley Cup winning team. He's also played on the fourth line. He's been a healthy scratch. He's been injured, you know, uh, I remember a couple of years ago, a guy got hit, got hit in, high in, in the eye and felt like maybe he had lost his vision and, and Brendan Moore can say, oh yeah, I've, I've been there. That happened to me, I was out for three weeks, blah, blah, blah. I mean, he just has so much experience and he has, a you know, the ability to relate to the players and, and really speak to them honestly. It's, you're not going to get any BS with Rod Brendan Moore. He's going to be, you know, he's going pretty blunt with you. He is that way with the media. And you know he's that way with the players behind closed doors. And I think they respect that. Uh, I can't think of too many player uh, coaches in the league who have the kind of respect that Rod Brendamore has. I know the kind of respect he had as the captain of the Hurricanes, having watched him win the Stanley Cup in 2006 when he was the captain. And uh, he was the right guy in the right place at the right time. And I think Tom Dundon, the owner, made a great decision when he decided to take a guy who had never been a head coach and say – Let's see how you can do. And I think everybody's been obviously very pleased with the way things worked out.
1: Last one for our uh, from me for Chip Alexander here out of Raleigh, North Carolina, and that is, uh, you know, we live in a market here, Chip. Obviously, where hockey is is completely dominant, and the fandom is is insane. And there's very little competition for that. And I'm wondering, conversely, in your neck of the woods, when you've got college football, you've got NFL football, you've got other things. I mean, how how is how endeared I guess are the Hurricanes to the fan base down there?
0: Well, they've they've built their niche. They've really carved out their niche. I mean, we're talking about 20-some years now. Uh, I think it helped the Hurricanes early to have success. You know, they were in the Stanley Cup final in 2002, won the Cup in 06. Uh, They had this playoff drought where they were almost beginning to become an afterthought, a little bit, I thought, in, uh, in this sports landscape. And people were tired of them missing the playoffs year after year. And, and then with Brendan Moore coming in and, and Justin Williams being here and being a captain one year, turning things around, the, the new ownership with Tom Dundon brought new energy to the franchise. And uh, I think, you know, if you saw the way that the crowds turned out in the last couple of years uh, pre-COVID uh, and then again last year, late in the year when uh, when they were allowed to come back in the building, uh, certainly ACC football and basketball has always – to draw a lot of interest here especially when uh when duke or north carolina or nc state are having really good seasons in basketball at the same time the hockey's going on but one thing about the playoffs and it's always been the point here uh the playoffs began about the time college basketball is over and the hurricanes are uh you know all of a sudden become the game in town and, and draw a lot of interest that's why it's really important not only from a financial standpoint to make the playoffs but uh for that for for all the attention they draw and certainly they're you know they're a unifying force uh you've heard it many times i mean the the duke fans don't get along with carolina fans or with nc state fans but they all seem to band together when it comes to the hurricanes and they benefit from that but uh they're a big part of the sports landscape here now there's no doubt about it
1: all right, Chip, that was uh, fantastic to chat with you. Uh, thank you for taking the time again this afternoon, and uh, hopefully we'll get to connect soon, and uh, good luck to the Hurricanes down there as well. Okay, good luck, guys. Thanks. Thank you. That is Chip Alexander from the Raleigh News and Observer. Different perspective, you know, but it's interesting to hear the uh, what hockey means to sort of a southeastern U.S. market.
2: Yeah, one that, you know, prior to the the Whalers moving to Carolina, probably not a lot of hockey in that area, but since the team has come there, hockey is, has grown. And I'm talking at the grassroots mm-hmm. level, which is important to build a fan base. You have to absolutely worry about that. And the Hurricanes, as I understand, have done a really good job of helping build that. And uh, there is there is a lot of hockey in that area now that, that wasn't 20-some years ago. Mm-hmm. Good to see. Nice to hear that they've carved out their niche in the sports landscape, because it's tough coming in when you're at
1: zero. I, w- I would assume so. They've got the Southern Professional League in that sort of area. That uh, I mean, it's it's below the East Coast League by a step, but it's still professional hockey. And then you think of the AHL with the Charlotte Checkers that are in that same region. Their farm team down there. It is one or pardon me, 12:53 in Edmonton. We'll come back uh, and we will actually dip into the Oilers now audio vault. Check in with uh, Dennis Bernstein, who was on the show yesterday with some thoughts on both of these contracts uh it's brendan escott cam moon with you on oilers now all deserve a holiday after the year that we've had. Don't you agree? New West Travel has a special VIP trip down to Vancouver. You can take a loved one and join New West Travel on a three-night getaway to spectacular Vancouver BC. New West Travel's package includes airfare and a private WestJet charter with complimentary open bar and meals departing from private terminals. Three nights in a deluxe four-star hotel all for just $699. You can visit Stanley Park, Hit the beach, shop, or dine in the beautiful waterfront city. You need a holiday this September, but space, I'm telling you, is limited. So you'd better call New West Travel or go online to newwesttravel.com. Okay, I promised the audio vault, and this will help us tee up what's coming up next with Jim Jackson, who's the voice of the Philadelphia Flyers for NBC Sports in Philly. And we had uh, Dennis Bernstein on yesterday talking about those identical contracts of both Svechnikov and Sean Couturier, who we'll hear more about on the other side of this news update. But first, we are into the audio vault for our friends at Direct Workwear, where safety meets savings in Edmonton, Fort McMurray, and online at Direct Workwear. Dot com, Here's Dennis Bernstein.
0: Yeah, both guys who really need bounce back years, to be honest with you, neither one of them is really the stud that you thought couturier has been up for the Sulky Award a few times, won it once, but uh, I think a necessary move for both teams um, I'm sure that uh, Tom Dundon who's not really uh, very generous with his money, swallowed hard when he had to sign that deal in the Ajo last year, but you know, two guys that you have to have bring back in Carolina, they're doing a lot of great things in Carolina, they're going to be a dangerous team I expend, uh, expect them to be a cup contender in Philly, Philly's got to bounce back and uh, Sean Couturier has got to be the guy who's got to lead the defensive charge because if you watch that team for a minute last year you show how poorly they were defensively so they really need a bounce back season in Philly and hopefully Couturier will lead the charge for
1: them. And we'll see if Jim Jackson agrees with that notion. Obviously you've got one of the best defensive forwards in the game who by the way is also nearly a point per game producer in the last few years worth of NHL action for Sean Couturier. You're going to want to sign that guy long term and I get the sense after that roster overhaul that we saw that we'll dig much deeper into. That Couturier is probably A, if not the, leader on this team. I'll do respect to Claude Giroux. I mean, obviously, he's still around. I think he's a great leader in his own right, but clearly Katerie means a lot to the dressing room. But then you look at the back end, which suddenly now features Ryan Ellis, Rasmus Ristolainen, and uh, Keith Yandel. And then they flip Voracek to Columbus, and they pick up Cam Atkinson uh, coming back in that. It is a very different looking Flyers team this season, in front of Carter Hart especially.
2: Yeah, and Martin Jones in there with Mm. Carter Hart as far as the, the goaltending goes. So a very different look. Clearly not overly enamored with the way things went last season felt they needed a change and and certainly made some changes but to get a guy like couturier locked up in the first few years of that contract you're going to be wonderful i would think and maybe the back couple might be a little tough but that's the way it goes that's just the way it is but yeah he he must have meant a lot to the room to put that type of uh, faith in him as far as long-term deal and uh, clearly they're happy they're, they got the guy that they,
1: they wanted that was there the whole time. Just looking at a, a tweet from Sam Carcitti here who also reports on the Flyers, and uh, the selfless coots, he says, referring to Sean Couturier, said that you want to get paid by your, what you're worth, quote, but you want to win the Stanley Cup. I wanted it to be a fair deal for both sides, and he could have gotten more dollars on the open market. Again, this is uh, a tweet from another Flyers beat reporter, and that was the sense that I got from a lot of the Oilers reading signings as well as that you know could could nurse have waited a year and been a 10 and dollar defenseman next year quite possibly but also understanding that he wants to be a part of the bigger picture that could win here in edmonton you can't do that if you've got a bunch of guys sucking up the salary cap just ask the toronto maple leafs forward core that is the first hour of oilers now we'll be back on the other side of a global news weather traffic update with kevin robertson we'll hear from the voice of the flyers jim jackson